Thanks, Brennan. Amen. Come on. Speaking truth, that's speaking life. I might have to, uh, I hope I don't uh, get this wrong. Oh, come on. Come with me. Come with me, music stand. God is incredibly good. Kenny, every time I look at you, I feel like saying God is so good. God is so good. God's a good God. Praise God for what he's done at this equip. Praise God for the breakouts of his spirit, the incredible worship times. Worship teams has done an amazing job. The connections and the fellowship, all those amazing meals, that, that egg roll this morning was something else. Um, the amazing hosting, the refreshing, and the powerful equipping. I feel this being powerful impartation as well as revelation. And now we get to take the amazing things God has done here and run afresh with kingdom purpose. Part of the, one of the themes of this was getting back to our kingdom purpose. And there's a powerful commissioning and mobilization here. Are you ready to run from this place and see the fruit of this equip? Um, I believe, you know, it's, it's not just 30, 60-fold, but 100-fold fruitfulness can come from this equip and transform a nation. Can you say Amen. And God's, I feel like God's honing in on the youth tonight, you know. I, I mean, you're going to have to be prophetic to see that. I, uh, I also, I want to encourage, and the word I get is ignite. Lord, ignite the young people, the young adults, the youth. Ignite them, Lord. Set them on fire. Even tonight, set them on fire. I believe you will go further than us uh, olders, elders, olders, seasoned campaigners. And you will see things we won't see. I feel God not only wants to tell you that he loves you, but that you are amazing. And I believe the so-called me generation is going to be known as the him generation. You are the most creative generation in history. And I want to encourage you that God is the most creative being in the universe. And I feel he wants to breathe on your creativity, young people. He wants to breathe on your innovation, young people. He wants to breathe on your invention. And I believe we all want to say, go for your dreams. Dream bigger. Don't let the media dictate your dreams. Turn up the dial on your dreams. Go bigger. I feel like every time I come to God with dreams, he says, go bigger. Some of you may feel like you are misfits, but you are not misfits. God has the exact place for you to slot in and break new ground and break mindsets of what can be. I felt God say, some of you will be champions of design, photography. Some of you pioneers in new technologies like Web3. I feel even in the, I felt, I'm just praying, I felt God say someone's going to be raised up with an amazing business and waste products, okay? I'm just putting it out there. And I felt there'll be a products, okay? I'm just putting it out there. Professor of mathematics, these are the things I picked up. But I feel like there are young Daniels, men and women, young Daniels here that God is going to use to bring solutions to society in the nations. So don't hold back, young people. Run in the space that God has opened up for you, even in this apostolic household. This apostolic household creates space for you. And you can see the heart tonight. We just want you to run. Run. Run! Run! Outrun us. If you see the temperature dropping, the older people, the temperature's dropping, you run past us. Don't wait for us. Don't apologize. Just keep running, amen? Whoa. You are a generation that God has set up for the greater things. Run, run, run. There's a mobilization about this equip. And I want to speak tonight about the prophetic in the marketplace. You know, the spiritual gifts are not just for church meetings, right? Yes, they are.
in the air. I feel like there's a revolution in the air. Don't you sense revolution? Yeah, there's a sense of a revolution here. I think I'm, I'm, I'm around revolutionaries in this place. Can you say amen? Who's a revolutionary here? I feel like it can change the nation even from this place. And we, I feel like we need to take on board what Paul said. Paul, uh, Paul the Apostle Paul McManus. He isn't a... Well... <clears throat> That God has not called us to be secret agents for Jesus. God has called us to be powerful ambassadors, life changers, and miracle workers. Tyron spoke about the kingdom being the rule and reign of God. And we need to bring the rule and reign of God to business. We need to bring the rule and reign of God to the arts and entertainment, to sport, to education, to the medical world, to families, to the churches, into the nations. And I've got a passion for the prophetic in the marketplace. Sharing the gospel and showing society what God is like. And you may not think you're prophetic. You may not think there's a prophetic bone in your body. But if you can hear God, you can be part of a prophetic revolution in the marketplace. And I see a flame of the prophetic being lit in Canada. Lord, release your prophetic fire. Release your prophetic fire over this place. Release your prophetic fire over this nation. Thank you, Lord. I just saw that torch on Sarah. I felt like there's revolution in this place. We're all torch bearers. And and God's lighting the torch, I believe, of, of revolution in this place. And as we go out into the marketplace, I see us bringing words of encouragement. We're speaking life. You can go to the restaurant in town. You can speak life over the waitress. You can give prophetic words to people in the marketplace, in the boardrooms. And I feel like we're going to be activated going from this place, sharing our faith, sharing prophetic words, transforming our nation. So I want to speak out of the book of Daniel tonight. Who here has a job or works in the marketplace? Yeah, just a lot of hands going up. Praise God. And so Daniel chapter 1 verse 4, young men without any physical defect. Thank you, Lord, I received that. Handsome, handsome, I received that too. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking in the mirror of the word and saying I'm handsome. Thank you, Lord. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. I believe the Lord's qualifying people here, even through this equip. He's equipping us to serve in something like a king's palace. I believe God's handing out assignments here. He's handing out keys. He's positioning us as Daniels to serve in a place of influence, like a king's palace. Maybe you're a financial planner or a courier or a bus driver. See your sphere of influence as vocational. And I believe God has equipped us at this equip to step out into the marketplace And the question I have tonight is, what if you and I stepped out? I want to be real with you and say, when I go out into my city, I don't always lead everyone to Christ, share my faith with everyone like a ninja, like the chef's saved, the waitress is saved, and everybody's saved. Sometimes I just go out and have a good time. So I don't want want you to get the impression I'm just, you know, uh, out there. But what I want to say is there's, there's divine appointments and there's prophetic moments where I have encounters with people. Like Jesus had encounters with people. He had an encounter with the woman at the well. I, need, I think we need to open our eyes after we leave this equip as a mobilized people to say, Lord, show me uh, where there's encounters. Show me something about this person that I'm coming in contact with. And I feel like God is encouraging us to step out. I feel we need to encourage each other to step out. And so um, I was at a wedding recently. And... Uh, there were three pilots at the wedding, and uh, one of them knew I was a pastor, and so he asked me, what's the difference between a Christian and a Catholic? And we need to be ready. I just spent the next 15 minutes talking to these three pilots and giving them the gospel. And I'm at a wedding, man. I'm there to enjoy myself, right? You're there at a wedding. You're there to have a good time. But suddenly there was a moment. Somebody's asked me the question, and so I was just ready, and I just shared the gospel and encourage them to have a personal relationship with Jesus. What if we stepped out? What if you step out? What if I step out? Uh, My wife works in fitness. Uh, She loves kale. I love burgers. We compliment each other. (laughs) 
I know you're surprised. You probably thought, I like the kale. And, um, yeah, the word says I'm handsome. So, <laughs> round as a shape, okay? I'm in shape. Um, but my wife, she sees her fitness work. She's a personal trainer. And um, didn't work training me, obviously, but um, she sees her work as a ministry. And um, she was training a woman in the gym. How many of you go to the, you go to the gym? <laughs> I can tell, I can tell. <clears throat> and uh, there's this woman on the mat, right? Sam's putting her through her paces. My beautiful wife, it's her birthday tomorrow. I did send flowers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I took into account the time difference. You've got to do that. Um, and she's training this woman, and the Lord says, ask her who is Larry. Ask her who is Larry. So the woman's, Sam's training this woman, and she suddenly says, excuse me, can you tell me who is Larry? And the woman freaks. And she says, how do you know Larry? She, she said, Larry's my best friend. And Larry is really sick right now. And Larry's in a lot of trouble right now. And so Sam was able to minister the gospel and minister life to this woman on the mat in the gym. What if we step out? As Brandon said, we need to act on impressions. Sure, we might make a mistake. What, what can go wrong? I feel like there's times we need to act on our impressions. Who is Larry? Who is Larry? And it just led to ministry and sharing of the gospel. I just want to encourage us with a few stories tonight of Marketplace, because we're about to go out there with, with, from this equip, equipped. I just want to encourage us to step out when we go out there. So my wife, once again, she's in the sneaker shop buying sneakers for our teenagers. And I need a bank loan for every pair of sneakers, you know. My son said, Dad, can I have some Air Jordans? I said, sure. How much are they? 400 bucks. They're like, ugh. Got to see my bank manager. But my wife, she was in the sneaker store in the mall. And she was getting sneakers. And suddenly the guy serving her had a medical episode and they had to call for an ambulance so what does Sam do walk out of the store no she steps in and lay hands on his feet and starts to command healing in Jesus name in the sneaker store steps in and um, she tells the guy that God loves him and that God has sent her and it turned out it was a blood condition. And she goes back to the store several days later and the guy claims he was totally healed after Sam prayed and that the doctors can't explain it. Yeah. What if we step out? I'm not putting the pressure on you. You just got to go around. I'm saying, what if we step out? What if we step out? A culture of evangelism is that we encourage each other to, to take risks. Take some risks when you go from this equip. Take some risks. There was a Hindu woman working in a cafe and she shared with me a dream. And I was able to interpret the dream and I said, this is Jesus revealing himself to you. And I led her to Christ and she was added to the church. You could be in the cafe, like the great cafes here in Nanaimo. I really love the cafe culture here. Sometimes we just enjoy a coffee, but there's other times there's a prophetic moment that we can seize because the Lord uh, talks about the harvest being ripe. The Lord puts people in front of us that are ripe for harvest. We think, oh, no one wants to listen, you know, but actually the Lord gives us divine encounters with people that are ripe for harvest. And I want to say harvest is now. Harvest is now in Canada. Amen. What if we stepped out? Praise you, Lord. You know, I brought this thing along in my bag. Steve Barr declared something this morning that really hit me in the team prayer time. He talked about notable miracles. I feel like we've seen some miracles at this equip. There's been a lot of amazing testimonies. But I had this in my bag. It's the bridal call, Amy Semple McPherson, who was a revivalist, October 1921. And in this thing, she was a revivalist in Los Angeles, and this magazine from 1921 is full of recorded miracles. Full of recorded miracles. 
And God had me the other day, God had me write down the miracles that I'd seen in my life. Jesus had 40 recorded miracles, but I was able to write down 32 miracles that I'd seen. Like the time where I um, got to pray for a cripple in Fiji, hadn't walked for seven years, walked across the room, church went crazy praising Jesus. He was still walking around days later because we stayed there for days. The time where a child was turning blue before my very eyes, um, a pastor called me. He called an ambulance as well. This child had an uh, asthma attack and was turning blue. I got there before the ambulance and I said, I command you, um, I command life in the name, I was speaking life, I command life in, over your body in the name of Jesus. And that, that child came out of that thing and was fine. And from that, that pastor started a healing ministry. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen many miracles in my life. We had a, uh, in our church back in uh, Coastlands, we were all over the national news, notable miracles. A woman got out of a wheelchair in our service and it was over the national news. Miracle in Adelaide. I just had, when Steve said that this morning, I just had a thing inside me saying, let's record the miracles. What about our recorded miracles? The recorded miracles of our churches, the recorded miracles of our lives, the acts of the apostles. What about the acts of Oceanside? You know, there's already been a lot of miracles, but I feel challenged that God is a God of miracles. And I feel like as we step out from this equip, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see notable miracles. So I'm just putting this out here. Why should it just be the 1920s, Amy Semple McPherson and Smith Wigglesworth and, and William Branham and all these revivalists. What about now? God wants to do that again now. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. Amen. Last night we saw an amazing breakout and I feel like, well, this whole equip. But what if we stepped out? I prophesy pages of salvations and recorded miracles flowing out of this time through a mobilized priesthood. Just to share another story. My friend Pat, who he took a young adult's uh, a time at uh, Melbourne Lights Church in Melbourne last week. But my friend Pat was a CEO. And God said to him, resign as a CEO and work in the checkout at the supermarket. Now that doesn't happen every day. <laughs> you guys have Audi? Audi here? Yeah. So he felt the Lord say, resign as a CEO and work in Audi on the checkout. So what happens is he goes to the job interview with all the regional executives of Audi. He's, he's sitting there in front of all these executives and they ask him, tell us about something you are passionate about. So he starts telling them about Jesus. He starts telling them about Jesus, how he loves Jesus. He's passionate about Jesus. He goes on telling them about Jesus. He walks out of that place thinking, I've blown this job interview. I'll never get the job. He gets the job. He finds out later from the execs, he said, how come I got this job? They said, we have never, ever heard anyone so passionate about anything like in our lives as you, you were. Never heard anything so passionate talking about Jesus. So we gave you the job. And so this guy, he's on the checkout. He wins employee of the month, month after month. So you've got to put through a certain volume of things at the checkout. But he leads a ton of people to Christ in the checkout at Audi. What if we stepped out? What if we stepped out? This is not a time to be silent. It's not a time to be passive. We need the unsilencing of the lambs. The unsilencing of the lambs. Amen? Unsilencing of the lambs. When you encounter someone in the marketplace, ask God about them. You may get a word of knowledge or a door into pray. Most people accept prayer. When you ask them, do you want pr prayer? Most people say yes. And a chance to share the gospel. As Brennan encouraged us, we need to recognize the response to the promptings, amen. All right. And I feel like we need to equip the saints for the marketplace. I mean, we have been at this equip, but I've seen God move incredibly with marketplace miracles. And I feel it's a new day for prophetic people to connect with the marketplace.
We see in the New Testament prophets had a metron or sphere of influence. 1 Corinthians 9.2 and Romans 12.3, a metron of the marketplace. We see in the Bible that Ezekiel went to and fro among the dry bones. He wasn't a prophet in a closet. He went to, we we spoke about the dry bones tonight, to and fro among the dry bones, which means he identified with the marketplace, amen? We need to go to and fro among the dry bones. Daniel was a prophet immersed in the marketplace. And I believe God is raising up a prophetic people to break out in the marketplace, prophesying over businesses. Sometimes I get to prophesy over businesses, prophesying into industries, prophesying into cities and nations. This is part of discipling the nations, Matthew 28. I know prophets today that are being paid to be on company boards, either as a spiritual advisor or to give prophetic insight. Radical things are happening in the marketplace in the prophetic. God is turning the traditional understanding of the prophet on its head. Not just someone who gives divine utterances in church meetings, which, which we do. But going even outside the church walls, God is connecting a prophetic people with the marketplace. And I believe we can be part of this revolution. Joel 2 says, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, all Canadian flesh. And it says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, shall prophesy, shall prophesy, shall prophesy. Not might prophesy, not somebody out there could prophesy. Sons and daughters, are you a son and daughter? Shall prophesy in the last days. My sheep hear my voice, said Jesus. That's a fact. Christians wonder whether they hear from God. You hear from God. You might need a bit of training. But my sheep hear my voice. That's a fact. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So maybe we need a little bit of training. But you're a candidate for a prophetic revolution. We need to understand that God wants us to be a voice in our sphere of influence. Wherever God's put you, he wants you to be a voice. And so point number one, point number one. Point number one. I'm on Aussie time. A prophetic people influence the influences. Many here today are called to influence the influences in society. Daniel interpreted dreams, and he and the other Hebrew boys became influencers in Babylon. And I read that verse out before about not having any physical defect, handsome. I keep reading that, eh? Um, I'm loving the mirror of the word here. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. And they were trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Many of us have been prepared and trained to enter the king's service. God's been preparing you. What's he been preparing you for? I believe God has assignments for us in the marketplace. Also reading from Daniel 2, 48 and 49. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position as an influencer and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of its wise men. Daniel was the OG influencer. And he influenced, he and his mates influenced the culture and the significant culture carriers of the day. They were real influencers, not just someone with a large Instagram account. Although Daniel was handsome, I think he would have have, uh, been good for a selfie, amen? Influence the influencers. How do we influence the influencers? We bring the culture of the kingdom of God to the marketplace. Sometimes God enables me to connect and build bridges with influences. Sometimes I get to share the gospel. Uh, something I, sometimes I get to model something through my business. My business is a prophecy. The integrity of my business. I mean, I, got, I actually uh, collaborate with Tristan, who's here. We work with an agency. And then I've got my own business called The World Loves Melbourne. And I started this company because I wanted to bless my city. I'm involved in digital marketing, but I go around uh, promoting uh, people in my city, highlighting things in my city. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, we all quote, you know, the plans I have for you are not for calamity, uh, but to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. Do we know the context of Jeremiah 29? It starts off talking about those that seek the peace and prosperity of their city, those that speak life over their city. And so whether it's encouraging a waitress in the, in the, in the restaurant 
or a full-blown prophecy over someone. We're here to seek the peace and prosperity of our city. To those people, God says, the plans I have for you to prosper you. So I want to I wanna bless my city. I want to kind of pastor my city. God puts people in my life uh, that maybe aren't in the church, but I'm there to be an influence to them. And I'm there to bring the kingdom to them. them can you say amen? As Kenny brilliantly preached, we need to walk by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. And I don't want to be sitting under pomegranate trees, as Brendan gave that powerful picture, when I should be out on the battlefield, rising up and taking risks. Sometimes I get prophetic strategies for businesses. Recently, God gave me, because I'm trying to sort of um, challenge some of our mindsets about the prophetic. I'm trying to get us to see that we can step out in the prophetic. And the prophetic's great in church meetings, and I'm all for that. I'm often prophesying church meetings, but take the gifts out there into the marketplace. And so I got a prophetic word recently for a diamond mine owner in South Africa. And I, I got these words of knowledge about his diamond mine and mining the floor of his diamond mine. And he said, David, that's spot on. That's exactly what I'm going through. And so why not? Why not give prophetic words? It's very helpful to business leaders. Um, sometimes I, I, I encourage struggling businesses. Um, I went to a lo- local burger joint recently. And I felt God gave me downloads of strategy for that burger joint. So I was sharing that with them. And the owner wrote me a letter and said, David, I can't thank you enough the way you, um, you promote us and you write and the strategy you have is exactly what we need. Thank you so much. So praise God. I just feel those promptings that we have out there. I feel, I feel there's a dangerous people here tonight. Act on those promptings. Engage with the people around you in your sphere of influence. Ask God for prophetic words for them. Ask God for pictures for them. Promptings. Let God show you things. Sometimes I get dreams in the night. Sometimes I get visions. Like when I was looking at Sarah, I saw a torch. Feeling the Spirit, I saw a torch over her. God can speak in different ways. But I feel like God's raising up Daniel's here, Joseph's here, Esther's here, Nehemiah's in this place to influence the influences. Can you say amen? And I've got to connect with educators, mayors, heads of government, um, you know, people that are struggling, billionaires, in the marketplace. I feel like God has wanted me to touch people in the marketplace. I prophesy many here today shall emerge to influence the influences in society. Many here where God is raising you up to bring supernatural solutions in the marketplace. Even answers to problems in society that haven't even been defined yet. New prophetic voices to emerge. I prophesy new prophetic voices to emerge from this place. Influences with global reach to develop prototypes where there is no blueprint yet. New things that have never been seen. And I believe some of you will appear before extremely influential leaders. Influence the influences. It's something God gave me. He gave me that phrase. And then I was at a football game with like 30,000, 40,000 people. I was in a corporate box. And in the corporate box was a prophet. Now, I don't always get that at a football game, but I said, oh, what do you do? She said, I work at a church. I said, what do you do? She said, I'm a prophet. I'm there, okay, cool. I said, have you got a word for me? Cheeky me. I ended up prophesying over her as well in the corporate box. Um, But she said, God would say to you, influence the influences, confirming what God has spoken to me. So I'm declaring tonight, influence the influences. God is giving people here heavy favour and cut through in the marketplace. It says in Daniel 1.20, the king found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in this whole kingdom. And I prophesy many here tonight operating in a 10 times better anointing like Daniel in the marketplace. I believe God wants us to stand out in the marketplace. So stand your ground and believe God to give you strategies of where you can stand up from the pack hearing about Paul and his business. I feel like God wants to do that with many people. Ten times better. Standing up from the pack, amen? It's a prophecy in itself. Recently, I was part of an international prophetic conference and I prophesied over a woman I'd never met. And I said, I said to this woman, I see you on yachts ministering to the rich. And I I said, I feel like you know the names of French champagnes. And God wants you to know that he has placed you there 
and that you have a voice into that sphere ministering to CEOs on yachts. And she said, that's amazing because I'm actually part of a yacht club. And um, she said, I'm sharing the gospel with rich CEOs. And recently I got to share my testimony to a whole corporation. And then also said, you've got a heart for the poor as well. She said, yes, I have a ministry to the poor in Thailand. But she started to weep. She started to weep because she had never had that ministry validated. Her mindset of the prophetic was that wasn't a valid ministry. She felt condemned. She didn't think that it was okay to minister to CEOs on yachts. It was outside the box in terms of her understanding of the prophetic. I feel like God wants to stretch our understanding of the prophetic tonight. Because rich people need Jesus too. CEOs need Jesus, as do the poor. Where has God put you? Influence the influences. And I believe there's people here that are called to minister to CEOs. In Daniel, we see the kingdom of God swallows up the other kingdoms. Iva spoke about our tremendous authority. And we need to understand it and exercise it. As we go from this place, let's exercise our authority in Jesus. Daniel 2.44 says, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. When we go into the marketplace, we need to understand that God's kingdom is greater than any other kingdom. And I believe... There are shakings right now, but also shinings of Isaiah 60 as the Lord rises on you. Don't be intimidated by the culture. Daniel was in Babylon. Of all places, he was in Babylon. And yet God gave him 10 times greater anointing. God favoured him. God featured him. You're the king's child. You're his son and his daughter. He wants to favour and feature you in the marketplace. Don't bow to intimidation. Don't bow to fear that's been coming through at this equip. Don't bow down to fear. Don't bow down to intimidation, but believe that the favour of God rests on you because you're his son and daughter. And there's assignments that God gives to you. He wants you to succeed in the marketplace. He wants to favour you in the marketplace. Um, And he wants people to come under your umbrella of favour. Amen. Your umbrella of favour. Dream big dreams. About a year ago, I prophesied over a major Australian wine company, their executives at a degustation dinner, (laughs) that they would release. I said, your next thing of your brand development is you're going to release like a very expensive wine. All their wines up to them were like 80 bucks. I said, you're going to release like a $1,000 bottle of wine. And they ended up releasing an $800 bottle of wine. That was the next thing they did. But I actually felt a prophetic thing around it, like the wedding at Cana, where Jesus pours out the best wine last. And I discovered the name of this wine that they produced was, had the name Best in Latin. And I feel like God is saying, get ready for its intoxicating new wine. I can't describe the intensity of the wine that's coming. And I believe there's leaders here, you are carrying and will release intoxicating new wine. And I shared this story about the wine brand with a major prophet in our nation. And he said to me, this stirred my spirit. God is putting you in spaces and places to speak things into the precision of time and reality. And I believe God is putting us here tonight, many of us, into spaces and places to speak things into the precision of time and reality. I just get excited about what God can do in the prophetic amongst us. I feel like God's raising up transformational prophetic people in the nation with a new understanding of the role of the prophetic in the marketplace. And I want to pray for marketplace people at the end. I feel like God wants to release a fire amongst us, not just from this message, but I feel like God wants us to go with refreshing, but also fire. I feel there's a commissioning tonight to run with fire back to your boardroom, back to your school, back to, you know, the medical place that you work, wherever you work, wherever you, God puts you. I feel like he wants to release a fire, a mobilization and a fire upon us to take the land, to occupy territory, to not be intimidated by the culture. That God arise and his enemies be scattered. What if we take the risks? What if we step out? Next point, a prophetic people are called out Oh, sorry, a prophetic people are uh, 
call out destiny as hope purveyors. We call out destiny and we declare hope over lives, businesses, cities and nations. As Katie exhorted us to be found speaking life, speaking life wherever we go. Don't be on the back foot like I see some believers right now. Some believers are freaking out right now. I can't live in freak out mode. I don't believe we're meant to live in freak out mode. We just need to hear from God and speak words of deliverance, life and hope over our nation. Daniel ministered in Babylon, the largest city in the world at that time, a mega city of over 200,000 people. And if you go to the later chapters of Daniel, say Daniel 7 and Daniel 9, Daniel makes decrees. He speaks life over the city and nation. And I believe as a prophetic people, we have a role in bringing hope to our nation. Prophets in the New Testament unlocked regions. Not just a few cute words, but they shook regions. And Daniel and his Hebrew mates brought hope to a nation. I believe we can shake regions by the words of life that we speak. I felt God say in one of our prayer meetings in our church that you can change the course of history in your prayer meeting. You can adjust the status quo. You can shake the heavens. You can bring change in your nation. I really believe that we can change history in our prayer meetings when we declare life. The seedbed for the prophetic is hope and encouragement. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us encourage one another. You know, a lot of Christians have gone online. They don't think they need to come to church. But we don't forsake the meeting together. But we need to encourage each other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to come together and encourage each other. Amen. We need to speak words of life over each other. And I believe we need to call out destiny. Canada needs it. Um, so many prophetic types hiding in caves right now, but we need to see the hope and declare it. And I'm stirred to call out people's destiny. I sometimes call out destinies in the marketplace. Um, I could give examples of that, um, where I've been to businesses and I said, I see you expanding to this city, that city and that city. And they said, yeah, they're the cities we're looking at. But call out destinies. I, I see people and I call out their destiny. And... Um, I feel we can call out destiny of people and cities and nations. God is a God of the nations. And we can't be about marketplace without a nation's dimension. I believe the waves and tsunami, tsunamis of God are coming. And one of the roles of the prophet and the prophetic is to herald things. And I, I believe we need to herald things and see into the future and herald those things in. Um, I also want to encourage us to look for the prophetic in the everyday. You would have seen at this equip, so many prophetic contributions were shared from everyday life. Like Deborah walking along a path with brambles and Jackie sharing about a mirror falling and shattering. And I want to encourage us, if we're equipping here tonight, is to see the prophetic in everyday life. Those things that happen during your, your day aren't a coincidence or... You know, there's always these coincidences or strange things happening. Maybe ask God, is there something prophetic about this? Ask God to give you eyes to see the prophetic in your everyday life. Sometimes the unsaved can prophesy to you. Recently, my neighbor, a 40-year-old firefighter veteran, I was around at, his, uh, around at a neighbor's house. He said, David, did you... Uh, did you uh, know that the radiant heat of a bushfire causes the hard nuts of the trees to explode and the seed in those nuts to be released? And, and that's how seed gets released and germination takes place. He's telling me this as a firefighter. I'm thinking, God's speaking to me. God's prophesying to me. And God was saying to me, in the coming revival, a lot of hard nuts. People that are hard. Do you have that expression over here? We, we call them Aussie hard nuts. Like people that are hard nuts, you know, they've got a hard exterior. They're not going to get saved. They're going to resist God. But the fire of God is going to break open those hard nuts and, and the seed is going to be released. I believe the fire of God in Canada, we're going to release fire tonight. It's going to break open as you step out. If you step out in the marketplace, I believe the fire of God is going to break open those hard nuts. And we're going to see people that seem the most resistant to God, like Paul, the apostle, who persecuted Christians, we're going to see them be champions in the next revival, amen? Yeah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Actually, right now, who do you know of that's a hard nut? 
Why don't we just spend a minute or so just speaking life over those hard nuts right now? Just think of somebody you know. There's a hard nut. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your fire. We name these people, Lord, right now in this meeting. People we know in our lives that are hard nuts. Father, we speak the fire of God over them. They have God encounters. The fire of God would break open those hard nuts and the seed, the treasure would be released right now. We call them out by name in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The mighty hand of God is upon us to prophesy life over the dry bones of Canadian lives, businesses, suburbs, cities, and the nation. Let's be purveyors and carriers of hope. Moving along quickly. What's the time? Yes, moving along. A prophetic people are conversant in the new languages of the day. So Daniel and his friends were conversant in the languages of the day. And I want to challenge us not just to speak church ease, church ease, but be able to be conversant in the languages of the day. Amen. God wants us to occupy and possess new spheres in the marketplace. And sometimes our language can limit us. Are we full of church buzzwords or are we plugged in like Daniel to the languages of the day? And Daniel 1.4 says, Daniel was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The language and the literature of the Babylonians. Does the language in our church connect with the marketplace? Do our messages in church have a marketplace application? The languages of today could be binary systems, the metaverse, blockchains, Web3, medical educational. My Christian friend in the USA launched the first ever NFT of a live album with a well-known rapper. Why can't God's people be at the forefront of these things? I mean, technologies like television came in and all the Christians are like, oh, it's so evil. And so secular groups took hold of television. Now we've got all these televangelists and TV programs of Christians. Why couldn't Christians see it at the start and dominate it? We had a chance to dominate that technology. What is your language? What is your prophetic language? I had a prophetic word for a genius computer coder a couple of years ago called Norman. And I gave him a prophetic word. And as he meditated on that word, God gave him a world-class cybersecurity solution, which he developed and is now being looked at by some of the biggest tech companies in the world. The prophetic connecting with cybersecurity solutions. A visitor came to our church last year and I had a prophetic word that he would develop solutions in the blockchain. I just looked at him and said, I feel like God's got solutions for you in the blockchain. I had no idea that he had studied blockchain at uni and he said to me, that's my dream. I prophesied, he goes, that's my dream. But he also said to me, I've never heard language like that in a church. And I want to encourage us, don't be worldly, but be conversant with the languages of the day. Daniel and the Hebrew boys were versed in the language of the Babylonians, and God used that. What is our prophetic language? Moving along quickly, the next point, four. A prophetic people actively uh, or activate creativity, innovation, and invention in the marketplace. Deb spoke about innovation. I believe God wants to stir innovation in this place. Daniel thrived in a Babylonian society and was all about creating solutions for society. And Deb was feeling this thing about innovation powerfully this morning. I believe God wants to increase our vision. Uh, even in church life, like it's great to desire to be a life group leader, that's great. But how about being on the cutting edge and the forefront in society? How about changing industries? God is speaking about hubs of innovation. I was in New Zealand last year preaching around Marketplace and as I was preaching, an entrepreneur got a vision in the meeting for the design of a new product. As I'm preaching, he got a vision of the design of a new product and he came to me afterwards and said, I'm going to take this product to market and um, I'm going to follow up and see what happens there. But the church needs to shift its mindset from ecclesiastical models that are church-centric to kingdom models that spill into the Marketplace. And I believe God sees, sees Canada as an innovation nation and the church should be on the forefront. Innovation is part of God's nature. He's a creative God and we're made in his image, Genesis 1. And God is giving his people strategies in the metaverse. The Lord is speaking about Web3 solutions. I could go on with many stories about this because I, I actually wanted to tell quite a few stories tonight, marketplace stories. 
because I feel like God's saying we, we can do it. I know we're already in the marketplace. There's already great things happening. But I believe as we go from this place, I feel like God's saying step out with risks in your innovation. Step out with risks sharing prophetically with people. Step out with risks sharing the gospel with people. Can you say amen? All right. Zechariah 2 speaks about a kingdom people and a church without walls. And I could go on. I could go on. I feel like we need to speak life over the, the uh, seven mountains of influence. Um, the the, the uh, industries I read out before and the spheres I read out before. Um, I prophesied a few years ago that in education, um, God would do something amazing in Tasmania, Australia. There would be a thrust of kingdom innovation and advancement. And someone rang me up the other day to say that this prophecy has come to pass, that um, a whole lot of Christians have got together in Tasmania, developed this education program, and now the government is pursuing it. The government wants to adopt it. So I'm trying to say, like, the prophetic is for church meetings, but the prophetic is for the marketplace. Like, prophesying into education, amen? Want to expand our understanding of the prophetic. Amen. I have a faith for the release of genius. We speak of the greater works. What about marketplace greater works? We speak about greater works of Jesus. That could be healings, signs and wonders. But why can't that also be in the marketplace? Where we get invention ideas, where we shift industries, where I feel like God wants to bring uh, great wealth transfers. Amen. And so point number five, a prophetic people activate strategies for provision and wealth transfers. We see this in the life of Daniel. Daniel 2, 48 and 49. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him, wealth transfer. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of its wise men. And I believe God wants to do something in the area of wealth and wealth transfers. He wants to release the treasures stored in darkness, Isaiah 45. The camels are coming laden with gold, but it could be encrypted digital gold. And recently I felt God say, change your language in finance to the, from the thousands to the millions. But I feel God's even saying we can touch on the billions. I feel like God's saying there's a massive end time harvest. It's going to take a lot of bucks. But I feel like God wants to take people, uh, not just from the millions, but into the billions. And we may not feel comfortable speaking like that. But I feel like God's saying to his people, start to change your language about finance that he wants to take, actually I feel it right now, he wants to take companies, I mean I actually shared this word with someone recently, and he said, David, our company just hit the one billion dollars in size, but I feel it, I'm prophesying that some would touch on the billion flow. I feel, I feel like God's saying, give yourself permission for outrageous provision. I'm not saying we're all going to be billionaires, but I'm saying as a church, I feel like God wants to uh, lift our expectation of what can be. Amen. Moving very quickly now. Number six, a prophetic people are resolved and resilient despite the marketplace challenges. You know, David, I mean, Ivor talked about integrity in the marketplace. Uh, sorry, Daniel was uh, resolved that he would not defile himself in chapter one. And we need to do that. Daniel 1.19 says, and among them, there was none like Daniel and his friends. And you could put your name in there. That there was none like you. Daniel was resilient. Daniel had integrity, and I want to encourage us in the marketplace to be resilient and to have integrity. Quickly, number seven, a prophetic people bring both their natural and their supernatural gifts to the marketplace. I want to encourage us, bring your natural gift to the marketplace, your natural skills, but also bring your spiritual gifts. Bring your natural gifts, bring your spiritual gifts. And that's why Daniel had the X factor. Um, Daniel 1.17 to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, which is natural gifts. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds, which is supernatural gifts. And so I want to encourage us to bring both our natural and supernatural gifts to the marketplace. And so I just wanted to uh, talk about the prophetic in the marketplace, but I believe that all the spiritual gifts, God wants them for church meetings, but also for the marketplace. I feel like God wants to identify gifts. God wants to stir your gifts. I feel like this equip, God has equipped us 
to go out into the marketplace. I want to encourage us to take risks. I want to encourage us to speak life over the nation. I want us to see that we are a prophetic people that speak life over the nation. I want us to step out with the promptings that Brendan talked about. Even this week, you may have situations where you can share uh, uh, life with people, but act on those promptings. And I believe God wants to raise up unique prophetic voices amongst us. God doesn't want you to be all religious in the prophetic. Yay, thus saith the Lord. You see those people on the street corners. Yay, thus saith the Lord. The end is nigh. I don't believe He wants. He wants your authentic prophetic voice. Speak in a weird Aussie accent, or what? Yeah, that's me, right? But you, God uses your personality. He uses your authenticity. Be the authentic you and and speak with your unique prophetic voice. And I pray that God opens our eyes uh, to the people around us. Maybe you've got a prophetic word for your boss at work. My wife uh, steps out in that kind of courage, you know. Or maybe it's for somebody in your family or somebody in, in the mall. I just want us to be activated in the prophetic, but not just the prophetic. This whole equip. We're going as an activated, mobilized priesthood, amen. I feel there's been a clarion call of purpose at this equip. There's been a clarion purpose, and we can run with purpose, kingdom purpose, amen, uh, into this amazing future. So why don't we uh, stand? I believe God wants us to, he wants to release fire over us right now of commissioning. And we were talking about this, right? I want people to come out here to the front for, for a fire of commissioning, I believe, to activate in the marketplace as we go, as we go back to our work and everything else. I feel like God wants us to go with fire. All the things that God's put in our lives in this equip, we thank God for. But let's take hold of them. Not just the prophetic, but the apostolic and the prophetic. Evangelist, pastor, teacher, that's right, coming out the front, that's good. But there's a second thing I want you, I feel like God's stirring something about church planting tonight. We have a value of church planting. We want to plant churches in every town, city and nation, amen. I feel like during this equip, God's been speaking to people about church planting. And I don't, don't want you to hesitate, but I'm wondering if those that feel that they could be involved in a church plant, say within the next few years, uh, the lead one will be involved at one, maybe to come out on this side. So the people here quickly move over this side. <laughs> no, maybe to come out on this side, over here. If you feel a, a resonance and a calling that maybe you'll be involved in church planning in the next few years, I, I, I want you to come out over here. Yeah, this guy's quickly moved away, eh? You've got you to gotta work out where to stand. Someone preached about where to stand, right? Well, I'm in the church planning section. Don't be, don't be, uh, yeah, don't be hesitant about that, the church planning. People might say, oh, those guys, you know. So no, this is what you feel. So that's good, that's good. People are coming out for both. And so we want to release, even as a team, want to release fire. The other guys want to share something. My passion is for the prophetics that probably came out tonight, but just in general from this equip, we want to release a fire over you as you go, um, that you would be mobilized.